Closed fist means no Nazis. Punch the Nazis. Punch the Nazis. The Nazis. <laughs> punch. Punch. Punch the Nazis. <laughs> Hi's and welcomes back to Punch the Nazis. Uh, of names we can't have for this podcast episode, Punch the Nazis. Yeah. Nazis. Punch the Nazis. credits is running for president just the billionaire's equivalent of starting a podcast and welcome back to zero credits the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's John in a new room. And together we're Henry and John in the new Zero Credits Two Bed Two Bath Apartment Studios with a fridge running in the background that we're not sure whether or not you can hear. I was going to say that this is the first time I've recorded a podcast next to a refrigerator, uh, but then I remembered the famous Lost episode where I got very drunk in a hotel room next to a mini fridge and read poetry. Oh uh, man, that Lost episode that will never see the light of day. I really want to try to get it. Somehow. I, I've, I, I've always encouraged you to, to, to try and do that. I, I recorded on a web-based service on my Chromebook, and when I log in, the file's there, but when I try to bring it up, it crashes. So I don't know. It's in a constant state of flux, much like our lives. Yes, constant flux. Get fluxed. Get fluxed. My life, however, is gonna... <laughs> my life. That's my Bor- life. Borat? No, stop. My life, however, is going to become more stable soon because uh, I'm in a new apartment. I'm going to marry my wife. Ooh. What's that from? My wife. I don't understand. Okay. I'm going to marry my wife. Well, she's not my wife now. I'm going to marry you my can't fiance. marry your wife. Shut up. I'm going to marry my fiance. She's going to move in. And then we're going to be kicked into a small room that's quiet. Yes, we are going to move from this palatial combination living room kitchen into a guest bedroom slash podcast dungeon. Exactly. We're going to put up some nice uh, brick, some nice stonework, some chains to to chain us there. Yeah, it's going to be a real Roger Stone situation. Yeah. The FBI is going to burst in here and physically relocate us to the dungeon. Yeah, they're going to take pictures of our shameful Nixon back tattoos. Is that a real thing? Yeah, Roger Stone has a has a tattoo of Richard Nixon's face no, on his no, back. Stop me if I'm wrong, uh, but didn't Roger Stone get his start working for Nixon during Watergate? I believe so. And he got a tattoo of his boss Roger on his Stone's, back. Roger Stone is a certified rube. You got your you got a ta- you got a tattoo of your boss. You know, you have to be really, you have to be a specific kind of person, a specific kind of shitty person, for me not to feel bad that a militarized police force ejected you from your home. While they weren't getting paid at that. Yeah, man, they were happy to donate that time to to nail Roger Stone, I guess. How crazy is it that people were going to work for almost a month for no pay? I saw a tweet, I don't know who by, by some some random tweeter 
that said, like, it's been almost a month, Americans not getting paid, and there are no riots, no protests. Man, Americans sure are different. Uh, the... Yeah, they sure are different other than the fact that on the eve of a second missed paycheck, they stopped showing up for work, and that shit ended real quick. Yeah, all you have to do, apparently, to get the government back in order is just delay a couple of flights out of LaGuardia. Yeah, the, really, the second that you start fucking with transportation, the second these people are like, okay, I'm going to use my sick days now because fuck this. Everyone who's saying that Nancy Pelosi is, like, responsible for this shit coming to an end. No. Like, I I appreciate that they didn't flinch. I appreciate that they didn't give them billions of dollars for a dumb wall or border security to behead innocent people. Uh, but I sure am glad that people are like, oh, congratulations, Nancy Pelosi. No, it's the fucking people who didn't show up to yeah. work. It, it, this was like an old-fashioned no-show strike. And, and, and specifically, it, it's not just mess with transportation. Because I bet you if this happened, like, in Utah, not the same effect. It is specifically transportation in New York City. It's on, on the East Coast. Because that's where they live. That's where, they, that's where it hurts them. I mean, really, the fastest way to, to get any rich person to notice is for their chauffeur to strike. Yeah. Like, the, the second you start majorly inconveniencing the people who actually hold a seat of power in American politics... Uh, turns out we get a government again for a month. Yeah, people who are not used to getting told no get told no, and they're like, what do you mean I can't get on my plane? You know who I am, how much I'm worth? It's like, it doesn't matter if no one can check you in. Yeah, the the great thing, and I really hope Americans learn something from what happened here. Uh, I, I desperately hope that we realize the power of not showing up to work. Like there's a there's a tremendous power in not giving people what they want because at the end of the day it doesn't matter how much these people want to fly to fucking Brussels or whatever because there's no one there to fly them or yeah. check them in yeah like the power that employees over that the power that employees have over employers cannot be overstated because without employees employers do not exist they don't make money without money there's no company without a company they're not employers yeah to be an employer to, is to be in a contingent relationship to your employees you have extreme and intrinsic power over your boss yeah but they don't want you to know that because there's the second you do it and you unionize, there's a reason why they hate unions. Hey, Henry, be quiet. We live in a state where unions are basically illegal. We live... Are they illegal in Texas? Uh, in Texas, a union can be in a co consultative position, uh, but unions cannot strike or collectively bargain. You want a unionized podcast? Uh, that'd be great. Podcasters uh, of the world, unionize. But who would we collectively bargain against? <laughs> the listeners. <laughs> yes. We demand you pay us this much. <laughs> Come on, Patreon fans. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, but no, I, I think that... Uh, also, that's extreme bullshit. Like, the, the Texas Teachers Union, it definitely exists and they do good work, but they're really neutered compared to a lot of states where, where teachers can strike and collectively bargain. But also the state of Texas really just likes to twist the nuts of anyone who's like a worker or non-bourgeois. Well, it is Texas. Have you seen the way that politicians from Texas dress around election time. Uh, it's pretty hilarious. Uh, yeah, they put on like cowboy hats and they're like, I'm going to drink a Lone Star. <laughs> oh yeah, all, all, these people who wear suits, who were born in suits, 
suddenly are wearing like a striped, not flannel, but that's that pattern material and then long tight blue jeans that are obviously like iron pressed to their skin and it's like yeah y'all i say y'all all the time you all whoops i mean y'all <laughs> i love texas i'm a ted cruz my name's theodore ted cruz and i'm running for texas state supreme leader of the world <laughs> you know i really thought for a long time that the way that the american and the human dream died uh, was by a skull getting crushed by a jack boot. Turns out it's a skull getting crushed by a cowboy boot instead. Yeah, and the cowboy boot, you pan up, it's the Zodiac Elf. I mean, killer. <laughs> I mean, Ted Cruz. <laughs> or or replaced with almost every other Texas politician. Yeah, I don't, uh, I Texas make... is a hellish place, and I'm glad we live in the one place of it that is okay. Yeah, Brussels. Anyway. Finally, Brussels. New Bromsfield. Let's... Marfa. Get away. I can name a lot of Texas cities. Yeah, Kyle... I'm out. All right. Let's get away from Texas cities and politics, which we keep sliding into that trap because it's so easy. It's always open. Yeah. And they bait it with peanut butter. It's almost <laughs> not fair. And let's, let's, let's pivot to something that you want to talk to about. You can't talk to topics. You talk about topics. Uh-huh. Something you want to speak on very much. I, I know you've been dying about it. You've been dying. <laughs> I've been dying about it every. Day. You've been dying around it, dying in it. Anything you do to a box, you've been dying it uh, to talk about. You even dragged me from my new swanky apartment, which we're in right now, to your swanky apartment because we're both in the one percent. Yeah. Of people who have apartments mm -hmm. to watch a pay per view event. Yes, a uh, well, it was a pay-per-view event, and I did pay to view it, but I paid a pittance. Uh, it is, of course, the World Wrestling Entertainment second or third most popular event of the year. I'm referring, of course, to the Royal Rumble. So there's the Royal Rumble. Uh-huh. There's, of course, WrestleMania. Yes. And then there's the Summer SmackDown. Summer Slam, yes. Summer Slam Punch. These are the three events of wrestling. Yeah, they're the they're the big three for sure. WrestleMania, you know, your most popular. WrestleMania is usually the biggest. Uh, it's the biggest attraction. Uh, then you have your SummerSlam, which is a little bit crazy, and then you have your Royal Rumble, which, to be honest with you, and to be honest with the listeners as well, I like professional wrestling. It has been a, a facet of my life pretty much since I was a very small child, in one way or another. Uh, I'm not, like, a, a huge fan. I don't know everybody, as was demonstrated by watching a Royal Rumble, as a matter of fact. Uh, but I've not watched a lot of Royal Rumbles, really not since I was a, a child or a teen. And this was the first Royal Rumble I'd seen in quite some time. And, and on paper, the Royal Rumble seems like a good idea. You get upwards of... 20 wrestlers, a total of 30. <laughs> yes, upwards of 20. One might even say 30. 30 wrestlers in the ring over the course of a period of time. And it's an, 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 an elimination match where people have to be thrown over the top rope, hit the ground with both feet to be eliminated, and thus n they're not in contention for the winner of the Rumble. So in theory... And it's an exciting, great time, you know. Uh, 30 wrestlers. Can you name 30 wrestlers? I could not. So there's going to be some surprises. Some people from the past. Maybe some up-and-comers. Maybe someone from, from, from famous from years ago coming in to wrestle in the Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. And in practice, 
In practice, it I is. I fell asleep. Uh, in, I don't in, know if you noticed. In practice, the the did Royal you? Rumble, I did not notice. Okay, I was I too. Fell, I was I, too engrossed. I fell asleep. Uh, so the Royal Rumble this year, and I don't know if this is the way that it is every year, but it was, I will say, a stacked card in that you had two Royal Rumbles, which we'll get into a little bit later, each of them clocking over an hour in length. The uh, total length of the entire program was five hours and ten minutes. That's insane. Uh, that is too much wrestling. That's insane. You, you know what I like about like any other sport? It's shorter than that. Yeah, even baseball. Yeah, and baseball is boring. Yeah, even even the most boring of sports. Really, only cricket is longer than the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's true, because cricket can go on for days. Uh, but, of course, we, we had the very stacked card. It went on seemingly forever. And that's really the thing that I always run into with wrestling events. Even WrestleMania and SummerSlam, which I love. I just start watching them, and boy, I run out of steam. Because they get so much less interesting once you've been sitting there for four hours. It, it really wears on you, stamina-wise, to to watch match after match. And you're, you're, you're psyched for the two big events. You're psyched for the two Royal Rumbles. And then you see them, they start promoting these other matches. Like the Universal Championship match and some other championship match. And, and then another championship match. And you realize, oh, are those happen? Those are going to happen right now. Those are happening. Those are happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah the the amount of content that they managed to stuff into one Royal Rumble because when you think of a Royal Rumble just being thirty entrants, ninety seconds separated each ish, uh, you know, change it up for drama, but uh, ninety second. Delay between entrance, strip away the the usual plotting elements of a wrestling match, so no pinfalls, no submissions. If you go over the top rope and both of your feet touch the ground, you're eliminated. That's it. So you, you churn through people relatively quickly, you get some decent new talent out there, but when you actually have to look at this card for that long, it's just exhausting. And, and whereas before, in previous uh, Royal Rumbles... They, they kept the guest list a mystery. But in this one, they announced ahead of time who would be there. Yes, they, they did. A, well, somewhat. They did announce ahead of time who would be in the Royal Rumble, but they did play with that to, to some yeah, degree. Yeah, they played with expectations a little bit. A tiny bit. With one entry. Yes. Uh, well, not with one entry. They with played one. with that in the, in the women's, too. Well, I was talking about the men's. I Excuse me. I was talking about the men's. And the women's, you're right. They did, in fact, also play with it once. Yes. For a total of two times. Uh, and I, I think we can just kind of get into talking about the card because we watched pretty much the whole thing. Now, you keep saying the card. What are you... Why? Why are you using that? What, what are you saying? The card just means the the layout of and schedule of matches in a wrestling event. Why do they call it a card? I don't know. Let's call it a card. You're supposed to know everything about wrestling. Uh, it's your favorite sport. Well, they call it a card because back in the 20s when people used to bet on professional wrestling, they would take these big cards to the dog tracks and they would tie them to the dogs that they believed in most. <laughs> this doesn't seem like it's true. Uh, so I would like, first of all, to talk to you about the Bobby Roode and Chad Gable versus Rezar and Scott Dawson 
match in the kickoff show. I So I, I didn't see any of the kickoff show. I was late. I did not see this one. The only thing that I saw in the kickoff show, uh, it was a fatal four-way, I think, with Buddy Murphy uh, defending against Hideo Itami, Akira Tozawa, and Callisto. You did not see that kickoff show. However, uh, this is something that I genuinely believe with the WWE the sh- the the actual like main event things kind of suck compared to the things that are meant to get less attention. Yeah. This match was cool. All of these people were relatively underrepresented. You had two really strong figures from Japan, and someone got like launched. I want to say ten feet in the air. It was very impressive. Well, I, I think that's kind of a common trend. You know, the opening band is always better than the headlining act. And then you had uh, Asuka defending against Becky Lynch for the SmackDown. Now that was the first match of the night. Yes, that was the first match post the pre-show, and that was the SmackDown Women's Championship, because every fucking match was a championship of some kind. A belt either changed hands or stayed in big sweaty hands for the entirety of the night. Yeah, no, there was no, no non-sequential matches. It's kind of like what the NFL wants to do with every game. They want to make every game count. They want every game to feel like a playoff game. And what happens is no game feels like a play... None of, them, none of it feels special. Yeah, they, they try to make everything feel special, and as a result, nothing does. Uh, but they move so quickly. Like, it's like, oh, she just won a championship title. Uh, in this case, uh, Asuka won. Yeah. I don't know if we're spoiling it, but who cares? Uh, it's a past event. In this case, Asuka won. It's, it's like, oh, okay, good, she won. And then it's like... Boom, they're on to the next match. There's no interview after the match on the TV. I've yes. learned that on the website there are interviews. Yeah, there, there are websites. There's there's a bunch of additional content. Uh, by reactivating my WWE Network subscription, which I do two to three times a year, uh, I realized that if you are the kind of person who only wanted to watch wrestling for the rest of your life and wanted to consume no other media... WWE Network would have you sorted for the rest of time. They create so much media. The only problem is they keep gating it. They gate it behind websites or on on their Monday night show. Yeah. So that while you're watching the actual event, it's kind of like they do they do a brief synopsis of like the the past, the history of the two fighters. You know, they get the story in, but a lot of that is just sped through, and it's like oh. You hear the commentator say something like, oh yeah, they've got a really big rivalry, and none of that comes out in the actual match. Yeah, you can see maybe some of it if they do like a like a promo clip kind of thing, but for the most part, only tuning into major wrestling events like I do, you get glimpses of a world that you're not part of, and it's at times exhilarating, but most of the time just perplexing. Yeah, it's kind of like... This could be so much better. It would be longer, so maybe you have less events. But if you did a lot of that stuff, like, in the actual event and not in, like, oh, man, they've been building up for for quite some time. You know, last week on Monday Night Raw, this happened. And, you know, oh, you know, this, it's all come down to this moment. It's like, well, why not have that now, tonight? Why not? 
It's it's really why th- is that on a Monday night? I think that you, as someone who has written fiction and the WWE is fiction, I think that if you took the time—not that I'm recommending you do—I think that if you took the time to try to study the story craft of WWE, you would be fascinated because it is so much writing and content and quasi improvisation to build on this completely fictional world that it's. I think the WWE as an entity might push out more narrative-driven content than any other company on Earth because they are doing it constantly and without end. Yeah, it's so much so that it's hard to follow. It's kind of like trying to play through all of Kingdom Hearts and, and keeping track of the story when you got to play it across eight different systems. This is like, oh yeah, we got three different shows. We got a website with interviews. That's that are going on at the same time as other content. Yeah. So I guess pick what you want to see. Also, you know, we got books. Wait. Uh, we got I've, legends. I have two questions for you. What's up? Number one is NXT Birth by Sleep. Uh, no, I think it's actually uh, Dream Drop Distance. Number two is Vince McMahon Zehanort. Yeah, it's... Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I mean... Actually, probably, yeah. <laughs> he possesses the bodies of young people. Yeah. Uh, no, this actually isn't wrong. I know, this is... Also, he travels freely through time, entering into people's bodies. You're making a joke, but you actually landed on a one-to-one <laughs> analogy. Vince McMahon is Xenonort. I, I, is it Xenonort or Zehan? It's been a while. A little, a little, a little honesty between you and me and the fans, John. I've never played one of those games. Really? I have the whole collection in a drawer, and I'm waiting for my fiance to move in with me so I can be like, hey, let's play through all of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I've played one, two, and the PSP one. Okay. I liked them a lot. I played a Chain of Memories for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, but, this is weirdly prescient since Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out. And we Let's not talk about it. It came out today. Uh, shit. Uh, but it's uh, best part of Kingdom Hearts 2 was the Lion King. Because when you're Simba Sora, you can drift endlessly as a lion. Lion drifting? It's great. And also, back to wrestling. Uh, yes, back to wrestling. Lion- Vince McMahon is Zehanort. And... Uh, Organization 13 is uh, the establishment. Uh, Triple H is... No more. Riku. Okay. Uh, And Sora is Daniel Bryan. The darkness isn't all bad, Triple H. Uh, So, Asuka won. Now, I I would be interested in You're going to go beat by beat throughout the entire night? Yeah. I I do not remember individual matches. I'm sorry. We will talk about each match... Uh, apparently Becky Lynch is everyone's favorite. She is called The Man. The Man. Which I find highly offensive. It's very interesting that they say Becky Lynch, codename, that's not what they say, but they're like, codename The Man, because she's done everything. I don't know how that tracks. Then, of course, we have the SmackDown Tag Team Champion. Oh, I could, I I hated this. It is The Miz and Shane McMahon, uh, two, uh... (laughs) Two people who I despise defending against the bar, which is Seamus and Cesaro. This is the problem that I think I've I've come to realize in the current WWE. Because classically, and, and maybe this is to speak to a world that's not as black and white, but classically you have your face 
and your heel. You have your hero and your, your bad guy. And the lines are drawn clearly in the sand. But from this event, they blurred those lines. Yes. The Miz is a classic heel. Mm-hmm. So is so is the other guy. Shane McMahon. Those are classic heels. The bar, on the other hand, were hyped up as and played as a heel to the point where they did all the classic heel moves. Like, you know, they come out swinging and they, they, they attack before the bell. They, they do all of the dirty tricks that a heel would do. But the Miz classically is one of the great. Like, is he making a face turn? Is that what's happening with the Miz? I don't. It's it's almost impossible to keep up with, and I almost feel like. And I this comes out a little bit the more that we watch the Rumble. I think it's increasingly less important whether someone is a hero or a villain, which, in my opinion, is a misstep. Uh, because uh, even though in like peak television and storytelling as a whole, we're moving away from like dogmatic heroes and villains. Uh, I still think not being able to tell whether the person you're watching in the ring is a dick or not uh, is it's kind of makes it difficult to watch. I did not enjoy that match. I give it a C. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, as a as a person who doesn't watch wrestling, I'm not familiar with with a lot of this world. But as, as someone, like, I could go to a hockey game, you can tell me three things about hockey, and those are the things I'm going to pay attention to. Like, I now know what icing is, and I watched for that the entire match, and I could understand when I saw icing and why they would do that as a strategy, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So th- that's what I, that's my approach to wrestling. I know heel, I know face, I know the basic premise of how a match might go, and I'm trying to follow using that knowledge, and I can't anymore. Yeah, I, I really think, though, the where that falls apart is if you do that for hockey, that works because hockey's a game. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you go into wrestling, it's like stumbling into Kingdom Hearts 2. You're like, who's Roxas? Yeah, what happened to Roxas? Where did Roxas come from? What, what happened to my good friend Sora? Yeah, what, what happened to Sora? And then, of course, we have the Ronda Rousey-Sasha Banks fight. No, I actually enjoyed this. Uh, I, I love this match. I've really liked any match that I see Ronda Rousey in. Uh, Sasha Banks is also really good, but Ronda Rousey is just on a different fucking planet because she's, she has managed to do something that very few people do and that she took her dedication and athleticism from a genuine sport, which is mixed martial arts in the UFC, and took that same dedication to basically putting on a hyper-violent, semi-improvised play. Yeah. She's so strong. Much in the same way as Dwayne The Rock Johnson turned a somewhat unremarkable football career into becoming a very highly paid wrestler into becoming a very highly paid actor. Yeah, or how Terry Crews took a very lackluster football career and turned it into being a comedic actor. Yeah, and so I think Ronda Rousey, she's got a ton of talent in the ring. Mm-hmm. Her, I mean, her acting is getting there. She's, she's getting oh, better. Oh, it's so much better. Like, the, the first WrestleMania where she showed up, it was so bad. So she's, she's definitely getting better. But the thing that I loved most about this match, John, was the commentator... Who had a hate heart on for Sasha Banks? <laughs> that was so he was weird. Just, he was just like, he was like her attitude is really off-putting, and she smells weird. And I wish she would return my calls. Like there was such a subtext to this commentator, the to the point where later in the night, someone else mentioned Sasha Banks, and he was just like not having any. Or he brought it up later in the night. He's yeah. like, she, this girl's so much better than <laughs> Sasha Banks. It's like. 
whoa, what what is happening with this commentator and Sasha Banks? Yeah, the I that's the narrative I want to see. Yeah, it, it's so strange that there's this kind of cross uh, announcer narrative. Which, it's almost definitely part of their story time, but when he's like, Sasha Banks, human pile of garbage, I'm yeah. like, what's the story? Yeah. In this corner, we've got scum of the earth, uh, you know, <laughs> just overall terrible person weighing in at, who cares, yeah. from hell, <laughs> yes. Sasha Banks. We've got literal Hitler, Sasha Banks. Literal Hitler, Sasha Banks, and then uh, Ronda Rousey, who is a time-traveling Terminator, <laughs> Specifically designed to kill Sasha Banks. I, I'm so interested in knowing what that actual dynamic is. And then we get into the real meat of the night. The first meat and kind of the first thing that makes this Royal Rumble actually worth talking about. This is the first year that, and this trend has been continuing, there was a full-on women's Royal Rumble, which is phenomenal because this is just continuing the trend of the WWE taking it very seriously that women wrestlers are the most dynamic, interesting thing in the sport right now, and they're continuing to give them more championships and events. And I, I do like this for various reasons. Number one, they didn't they didn't like oh it's women. They only get 15 wrestlers. No, they did the full 30. Yeah, it was a full event, same length pretty much as the uh, as the men's Royal Rumble. And what I really liked. Because there's a weird trend in men's wrestling that we noticed. That the men are all getting beefier. They're all getting heavier. Yes. And and thus they're not able to do some of the more acrobatic and what I think are more impressive stunts. Like with the physicality of, of just moving around the ring and throwing people and jumping around. Like, you... The thing that anyone knows about wrestling is like jumping from the ropes and doing a really cool... Like, flip land thing. Yeah. And the bigger the guy, the less likely you're going to see that. Now, the women, on the other hand, they're light. Yeah. And they're fast and they're skinny and they're they're impressive in their physicality. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the, the, I think that's the... It's getting to the point where it's like, yeah, okay, this is the direction we're going to go in. All the men are huge, mm-hmm. but we've got the women to offset and they can do all the really impressive jumps and stuff that the men can't anymore because they weigh 300 pounds. I almost feel like you can't you can't be the WWE because whoever's in charge there is making two messages. They're like, why do people love women wrestling? Uh, they love it so much, let's keep giving it events. Anyway, back to the men's wrestling. Let's keep beefing these dudes up. Whenever they get hurt, they need to come back 50 pounds heavier. And they just can't do anything. Yeah, no, they're, they're too big to, to do stuff for long. Like, don't get me wrong or get me wrong. I think Brock Lesnar, of course, yeah, he's a really big dude. He's really strong. He can't wrestle for long stretches of time because he gets too tired. Yeah, uh, during his uh, match with Finn Balor, he looked like he was going to have a heart attack. That there's a one of the main things that came out of that that match. Uh, there's a, a really good freeze frame where, where his eyes. He's doing the squeezing on Finn, and his eyes are bulging out. <laughs> Brock's eyes are bulging out of his head for no reason. Yeah, they're they're bulging out of his head because he's like, please let this be over. I yeah. need to go home and sleep. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it right now. And I probably don't even need to. But it's it's just a very funny picture that's just like, why, Mr. Lesnar, are you doing this? I think they hired a, a mouthpiece to speak for Brock Lesnar. Because if he started speaking, he'd get too tired. He would. 
but no, uh, Women's Royal Rumble, uh, one of my favorite things about the Royal Rumble, definitely on display here. They get to show a lot of really great talent, particularly talent from like NXT. Uh, I think we both... Here's something that uh, you might not know as far as wrestling terminology goes. Do you know what pop and popping is? Is that... No, I have no idea. Popping is the ability to come out of the gate during your intro if you've got one and immediately get the crowd's attention. Popping is like how strong you sell your gimmick the second you come out. So so the, the trumpets for John Cena. Yeah. And then him just being there though. Yeah. You know, you can't see me, his presence, everyone loves him. That's why John Cena is so popular is because he pops like nobody's business because he sells his character. Uh, and you and I, both, everyone in the room, including my girlfriend, uh, re- reacted very positively and immediately to the uh, degree of pop that Nikki Cross had. Oh, yeah. Nikki Cross she is popped my up. Yeah. favorite part of that entire event because... Up until then, you had had uh, a few female wrestlers. A couple of them, their gimmick was like they're fast or angry. When it goes to Nikki Cross, Nikki Cross is someone who looks like body-wise totally normal. Uh, clothing-wise even totally normal. <laughs> but when the camera pans to Nikki Cross, she is already windmill whipping a shirt around her head and slapping the ground with it and screaming. <laughs> and then the camera zooms in on her face and she looks positively fucking insane. Runs full force into the ring, attacks people who have already been eliminated, jumps on people's faces... Oh, that's the and that's the the Brock Lesnar eyes popping out gift. <laughs> Sorry, I found it. It's amazing. It's, oh my it's God. really horrible. Oh, it's it's awful. But it's, no, Nikki Cross. Her entire gimmick is that she's insane, and she sells it so hard. Like just the the eyes, the, the like the, the the you know crazy yeah attitude, and then the best moment. She, I think she eliminates somebody, mm-hmm. and in celebration, she takes off a second shirt and starts whipping <laughs> yes. it again. She, she already had the one shirt that was off before the cameras even started rolling, and then she explodes out of a shirt to find a shirt underneath and just whips that one around her. Nikki Cross, and this leads me into my bigger point about the Royal Rumble and wrestling as a whole. I think that the Royal Rumble in wrestling, as the WWE presents it in its main card events, is bad. NXT, the developmental division where all the like new wrestlers, basically just people who grew up with wrestling and decided to make that their life, so much better. Yeah. NXT, I I genuinely think for all the like sleeping you did during the Royal Rumble, I think you'd really enjoy watching NXT because it's like interesting the characters are are great and multifaceted and like there's room for people just to be bad characters so you don't root for them but people who like really pop you love them nikki cross came out of nxt uh finn baylor came out of nxt all that stuff is so good that's what wrestling's really about wrestling's not about this shit wrestling's about nxt i think with any creative endeavor the executives get in the way of what makes the thing good. Yeah. And in NXT, people who want to be wrestlers, they're diehard fans. They grew up with it. They know kind of the greats. They, mm-hmm. they know the how physically demanding it is. And so they're trying to do the best they can to, to give the passion, passion 
that they love a fair shot, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's that's maybe why it's so good. But then, like, they make it to the big time. They make it to the WWE. And, and then you got to beef up and you, you got to stop doing those crazy flips. Yeah, look at Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio enjoyed being, like, the, the WWE's first taste, first taste of Lucha Libre. Like, high-flying, acrobatic, and then... He got hurt, had to gain weight, had to gain more weight, completely changed the way he presents himself as barely even a character anymore. Yeah, he, he was in the Royal Rumble for a good a good amount of time. Not that you would know. He, I don't think he eliminated anybody. I don't think he did much. He was in the ring for a long time. And really, that's what the WWE does to male wrestlers. It just turns them into muscle-bound homunculi, like... It strips them of all personality. Speaking of, of being stripped of all personality, uh, the match following the Women's Royal Rumble, of course, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles, which is to say a uh, somewhat interesting wrestler in Daniel Bryan, who used to be way more interesting because you, you don't have an appreciation for this because you didn't really follow Daniel Bryan's journey. He was basically just someone who was shit on constantly and, and was just a... a like a short, not super muscle-bound wrestler with a ton of heart. And then just because fans loved the shit out of him, he started getting more and more chances. And he would just, like, kill himself in the ring over and over and over again. And he started being recognized for it. Uh, his whole chant was people would yell, yes, yes, yes. Just because the yes movement was, like, a big positive thing for the underdog. Daniel Bryan's great. His, like, vegan heel character, fine. AJ Styles sucks. I don't care for him. <laughs> I, I liked a lot of what the hype up was for that match. They, they did show a lot of, like, backstory mm -hmm. of him, like, <laughs> accosting fans for eating burgers and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, the, the vegan heel character, it's a gimmick. It's also... It's a, as gimmicks go, it's a very gimmicky gimmick. But it's also great because you, you didn't see this, but there's a there was a... Not a monologue, but uh, he kind of cuts a promo when talking to Vince McMahon on AJ Styles. I think it's during Raw or some shit I don't watch. Where he just dunks on baby boomers. He's like, baby boomers have ruined the economy. We're paying for your sins. Climate change is real. I'm Daniel Bryan. He's just saying real shit, which historically is a great formula to being a good villain in wrestling is just say things that are true. Yeah. And things that the demographic won't like. Yes. Uh, very strange to watch SmackDown, or not SmackDown, the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania and be like, man, I bet a great majority of the people in this audience voted for someone that I hate. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a very big disconnect. I did not particularly care for this, uh, for this match, I love Daniel Bryan. The the weird. This is where I started to fall asleep. The weird ending. Uh, I don't even remember how it ended. It, it ended with like a big uh, beard guy coming out and slamming. I don't know. Yeah, it's right. Some other guy. Yeah. Accosted. Uh, Strong Beardly. Strong Beardly. The ref got knocked out. Yeah. And Strong Beardly did did a move on AJ Styles so that. Beard Man Jones could win. Yeah, Daniel Bryan won. Daniel Boone. Uh, following that, uh, my most hated match of the night. This was the Lesnar versus yeah. Finn Wolfhard. Uh, yeah, this is uh, the Mountain versus the Kid from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is. Uh, I just didn't. I, it's hard to muster up care for Lesnar, you know. Yeah. Especially when he's going up against somebody who probably won't make it in WWE. Well. 
Finn Balor? Yeah. Finn Balor... It's going back to mid-level. Uh, Finn Balor is... I read, I read stuff. I read people's comments. Finn it Balor... is going back to mid-level. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. Uh, but Finn Balor kind of came up through NXT, and he's he's done some amazing stuff. The fact that he got this chance, amazing. Let me take a moment on the podcast to talk about how much I dislike Brock Lesnar. Not as a, as a character in wrestling, but just kind of as a presence. Uh, Brock Lesnar had great success in UFC... Uh, and he had great success in UFC, not because he's a particularly technical fighter, but just because he's the kind of corn-fed Midwest cow man that's impervious to pain, uh, was born in a crew cut, and tears most people in half. And that's just the way he is. He ate a lot of beef with a lot of steroids in it growing up, and he drank a lot of whole milk. Uh, so he's just a freak. But he did... <laughs> He put in a lot of, like, really solid performances in the UFC by being gassed really easily, but, like, touching someone with his pinky and then their pelvis is crumbled. Yeah. Uh, so that's the whole reason he succeeded. And the trend has continued into professional wrestling where uh, he continues to be totally uncharismatic and his only saving grace and his only claim to fame is that he's a big dude who can throw people around. Uh, it is a very serious danger that Brock Lesnar could seriously hurt people. I'm sure that he's a professional. Uh, you you don't get very far in the WWE if you actually fuck people up. But he's he's just a big, uncharismatic dude. His character has no personality. They had to hire someone to speak for him. His whole thing is he's just big. He's just a monster. He's the beast. Yeah, he's he's just the beast, and beast characters are dumb. At least Andre the Giant had personality. And you have him against Finn Balor, who came up through NXT, who works really hard, who is one of the most, like, amazing technical wrestlers. Uh, Finn Balor wrestled his ass off in that yeah. match. I, I, want, I want to compliment Finn Balor. Because I felt like he had a, he had a real shot of bringing down uh, Mr. Lesnar. Yeah. Because he, he was all over... Like, it was kind of wa- like watching, I don't know, Mike Tyson versus Muhammad Ali. You've got a really quick, fast guy mm-hmm. versus this big blockhead. Yeah. And the big, fast guy's got to, like, the, the fast guy's got to do a lot of quick little maneuvers, a lot of fast hits, get in there, get out. And then all, all the big guy has to do is, like, slap you across the face once and you're out. Yeah, it, it's almost like you had, a, like, one small, nimble, lithe character with a spear that may or may not be poisoned, stabbing multiple times, and then in the end, it's a real surprise. Now, you had made a comment to get me to watch the Royal Rumble that, hey, wrestling is, they're mostly, they're, they're big nerds now. All these wrestlers, they're huge nerds. And I didn't believe you. I just thought you're you're like okay, yeah, they're wrestling nerds, but they're actually nerd nerds too. Uh, Finn Balor, his past, let's say four or five wrestling outfits are all inspired inspired by Mar- Marvel Comics. Yeah, um, he has a Thor outfit. Mm-hmm. He has a Punisher outfit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got an outfit for maybe every flavor of superhero you can think of. I mean, you you look at uh, the bar. Uh, which was Seamus and Cesaro. They did a Dragon Ball Z fusion dance. Yeah. After their intro. You got, uh, what's her name? Vega. Dressing as Vega. Dressing like Vega from Street Fighter. They're for real nerds. Granted, they're mostly in NXT, uh, but they're for real. But no, the, the Finn Balor match... Props to Finn Balor because he really made it look like he was beating the shit out of Brock Lesnar, which for someone that's as unathletic as Brock Lesnar is, very good. 
Another thing that, that started to become apparent at this match, was, which may have been the second to last match that we watched, was that the match would end, it's over, the, the winner gets handed a belt, and then it, there's a little more. There's a little lanyap, as my people will say. But in the case of Lesnar, who dominated the guy, the guy tapped out in, su- in a submission. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back to beat him up some more? That doesn't... It's like, I can suspend my belief during the match. Because it seems like the ref has a, some semblance of control, especially in the one-on-one matches. Yes. But when after the match is done, Mr. Lesnar walks over to Finn Wolfhard, picks him up and slams him down one to two to three times... That's just kind of like, well, why is he able to do that? Where is the referee? And also, why is this... It's been four hours. Why do I need the lanyap here? Do you... I think I saw that... uh, I think that Brock Lesnar uh, hit his signature move on Finn Balor. I think that's what happened. Uh, My assumption... Number one, they, they did it to sell the, like, merciless beast angle or whatever. I also feel as though... It's possible that Brock Lesnar had a certain agreement that he'd be able to hit a certain number of moves during the match uh, because they pay Brock Lesnar a trillion dollars to wrestle once a year. Yeah. Uh, So after the match was over, he just made him tap out and somehow communicate, hey, tap out because I'm tired. Uh, So after Brock Lesnar had an opportunity to rest for a second, he was like, well, I guess I better hit these moves they told me I had to hit. Bye. I don't like it. Yeah, it's it was a bad match. I I didn't like it. It's I don't like when people who work hard lose to people who only work once a year. Yeah, I and, no, I agree. And then uh, we had the men's Royal Rumble to finish it all out. And uh, the men's Royal Rumble had one of my least favorite wrestling things. And I know all I'm doing is complaining, but that's because I don't really care about wrestling that much. But I've I've seen two Royal Rumbles in my day. Mm -hmm. This was my second. That's what I mean. And in the first one, I noticed, okay, and you pointed this out. When they get tired, they go to the ropes. They hang on to the ropes. And somebody goes over and shakes them off. Or, or like, they they get relegated. You have to do some leveling to to make sure the attention is where it needs to be Mm -hmm. on the people who are just entering. While other people who have been there much longer, they get to rest and then gear up for maybe their next let's call it a scene yeah they get to sit in the corner with like their boots on each other's necks going and and what i noticed in the women's royal rumble is that they allowed them i want to say they maybe had 10 people in the ring at one time Mm -hmm. and i was like that's kind of impressive it makes it look really busy really full like a lot of action is going on and really they're resting they didn't allow that for the guys and so it, it stands out yeah. There might be four people in the ring. Or, or let's... There, there's a moment where there's three people in the ring. And two are hanging on to the net. Not the net, but the ropes. Mm-hmm. And the one big guy who just got in doesn't do anything. Yeah. He doesn't attack him. He, like, turns around. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is he walking mm-hmm. away? He could have feasibly eliminate both of them right now. Really, the Royal Rumble is the most impossible way to tell a story because all semblance of like, all, all semblance of pragmatism is out the window for a Royal Rumble because people have to stay in for a, a certain amount of time for whatever their bit is. Yeah. Uh, so, and and sometimes people will get accidentally in it, eliminate a Royal Rumble, but for the most part, it's really infantile storytelling. 
Uh, there was a moment when uh, the, the guy who started it, you know his name, with the guitar. Elias. Elias. Elias gets eliminated by Andre. Who? Andrea. Sure. Andrade. Wait, Andrade. Andrade. There we go. So Elias gets eliminated by Andrade, who then looks straight into the camera and shrugs. And people are, are thinking... Elias wasn't supposed to be eliminated right there. <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of <laughs> just happened. And so when he shrugged, he was like, that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened, I guess. Uh, no, you, you can feel the energy when someone gets eliminated accidentally because people like pause. They're like, wait, uh, I guess we'll keep wrestling. Yeah. I guess we'll wing it. Uh, but no, the, the Men's Royal Rumble, the biggest things that I want to talk about is huge amounts of like non-W, not like non-main stage talent. Peter Dunn came out. New Day's there as always. Which, speaking of huge nerds... When is New Day gonna get their time in the sun? New Day can't win. They need... No, not win. Be a bigger factor. Yeah, New Day, by the way, for anyone listening to this who does not watch wrestling, which you really turned this off a long time ago. Yeah, no, as soon as we said we are gonna talk about the Royal Rumble, maybe we, at the top we should have said we are gonna talk about it for the whole goddamn episode. Uh, well, we, we, talked, we talked about uh, income inequality or politics for a little yeah, while. Yeah, so people turned off way before <laughs> yeah. the wrestling. Really, it, it's a lot like, uh, it's almost as though we were Dana Carvey show, like, opened with Bill Clinton nursing eight puppies, and all of our listeners just yeah, jump ship. Just jump ship immediately. We really should have scheduled this not after the Home Improvement Podcast. You are 100% correct, It's a real sir. shame. Uh, but no, I think that the, the number one thing that I came away with, came away from the Royal Rumble with, is uh, this is, I'm going to sell you again on watching NXT. Do you remember No Way Jose? Yes, the guy who came out with the conga line? He comes out with... It, it was so great. They hype, they're hype. they hyping him up. He comes out with this whole conga line. He, they're dancing all the way down. He gets to the ring. He gets in the ring. Immediately thrown out. <laughs> He's immediately thrown out. Gets up. Dusts himself off. Dances again. Yeah, kinda, leads the conga line Kind of like shrugs out. and leads the conga line back out. Yeah. Uh, the I watched an old NXT episode because, like I said, I have WWE Network again. Yeah. Uh, and this was from like a year ago. The first match I saw was one with No Way Jose. That kind of shit can just exist in NXT. No Way Jose's whole character is, I love to party, I'm kind of fat, I've got a lot of hair, and I've got a conga line. His conga line is much shorter in this first episode, and I'm very interested to see where his arc takes that conga line. <laughs> his arc is just recruiting more and more people to his conga line. Yeah, like in NXT, you can be like, my gimmick is I've got a stick. They call me Rick the Stick. <laughs> Rick the Stick. I'm here with my stick and my name's Rick. Have we got the whole character yet? <laughs> it's just so pure and, and, and innocent. It's great. Uh, but no, the real, the amazing thing to me about men's wrestling uh, is that they have just so little stamina and staying power, and they just can't have that many people in the ring at one time. They have to manage it so differently. So you have people like Jinder Mahal who came out. Jinder Mahal went from a somewhat okay wrestler to uh, training his ass off and getting ludicrously, like, disgustingly ripped and muscular. He's eliminated in like two minutes. Yeah. It, it, I guess it's to sell the angle that, like, uh, anyone could be eliminated. It's just, they didn't want that person in the ring for much longer. That yeah. was it. Yeah, no, honestly, it's true. 
And the people that they do want to be around at the end of the match, guess what they do to them? They knock them out and they're, they they're asleep. There's a moment where there was two guys left in the ring and you and I both sit. Well, okay, there's a moment before this. Yes. There's a moment before this where uh, Seth Rollins mm-hmm. gets th- thrown through a table. Yes. And he gets knocked out. And I turned to you and I said, so he's going to win because he was just knocked out. And I, I hated that because I knew in the moment that you were right. And so then we fast forward a good 30 to 40 minutes. <laughs> a good eternity. A good eternity forward. And uh, there's two guys left in the ring. And the announcers act like, oh, it's down to this. Forgetting that Seth Rollins is passed out at their feet. Yep. In front of them. Yep. And then he comes back and wins. Uh, the, the Men's Royal Rumble, I was not a fan. However, one, really, uh, it's a night of firsts. It was a, a first in that the number 30 entrant, R-Truth, is knocked out outside the ring by Nia Jax, a female wrestler. And this is the first instance of, of sanctioned intersex wrestling. She's not the first woman to ever be in a men's rumble before. Wait, who? Uh, she was a commentator, I believe, during the women's one. Her name, I think, was Beth Phoenix. Really? She w- She made an entry. She is the... F- okay, so Ninjax. I-, I went to Squared Circle this morning and I uh-huh. looked up a bunch of things. Yeah. Uh, Ninjax apparently was maybe the third. Really? To be- okay. According to, according to the Squared Circle, I-, I don't know, and I can't find any of the threads... Because apparently, uh, uh, apparently, this is this shit's really popular. This the subreddit moves really quickly, yeah, and I can't weird. find anything I, I I could I found this morning. I should have saved this shit. But However, I, I I think that Nia Jax might be the first uh, instance of of intersex wrestling where she gets super kicked in the face and then hit with an RKO out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, I, no, like the fact that it. W- I really appreciated the fact that once she was there, because I also had a like, oh man, this must be history in the making, and I found out later it wasn't. That's a shame. But then, but then, yeah, she, they, no pulled punches, no like, oh, you're a woman, I'm not going to hit you. No, it was fully like, yeah, super kick to the stomach. Yeah. And and then like everyone teaming up <laughs> against you just to get you out because you you played yourself up as a pretty big heel by taking out our truth during the middle of his rap song. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I mean, number one, greatest heel move. Uh, but I, I think that that's... I think it's interesting that there's a future, I think, for, like... I don't know. It seems weird to say intersex, but that's... Well, you told me in the past that uh, Ronda Rousey... Ronda Rousey has fought Triple H in, I believe, an unsanctioned match. It was unsanctioned. I, I think it was just, like, in-ring action where they were, like... They decide like, hey, we're going to have a business dealing in the ring and nothing could happen here. And he's like, join us. And she's like, no, I'm going to deadlift you and fight you. Yeah. Uh, but the Nia Jax thing was cool. I don't know. The Royal Rumble was exhausting. There was a moment that some true emotion leaked through and it, Seth Rollins wins the Royal Rumble and he just mouths, holy shit. That I mean, because that's not scripted. Like, yeah, you can't curse, but you can mouth. You can mouth. I, uh, I, and then the very next day, it comes out news, news, breaking news. Remember your your good buddy D 
Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose, the guy who transformed from a normal person to a very muscular, shitty-looking person. He's uh, he's not renewing his contract. Really? He's leaving. That's uh, after WrestleMania. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Well, I guess he'll. Uh, Where do you go? Japan. A the AEW. You go to Japan. You go to New Japan Pro Wrestling for the most part. Oh, you don't go to AEW? Really? Here's the the crazy thing about wrestling. Maybe things have changed, but this is how I understood it to be. If you have a career in, like, the WWE, and then you decide to, like, take a break, you go to Japan, and Japan is, like, heaven for wrestlers, because they treat you really fairly. You do a lot of really fun matches. The Japanese love you. Uh, you just get to, like, live an amazing mega Taurus life where you do this thing that's the only thing you know how to do. Huh. You get to eat delicious steaks and drink sake and go home. That's interesting. Yeah. There's a bar that's kinda... that every wrestler goes to. Oh, really? It's, uh, yeah. They sell steak. It, there's, um, there's a similar thing in soccer. They go to Japan? No. Uh, when, you, when you're wrapping up your time in the English Premiership League, which is one of the more premier leagues, mm-hmm. uh, at least for English speakers, when you retire from that, you go play in Major League Soccer in, in the Americas because you, oh. you get paid really good bang because you're a star, and then you don't have to work that hard because it's America. <laughs> yeah, you're just like fighting children. Yeah, I mean, David Beckham, I think, played for the LA Galaxy for a good like five years all after retiring from <laughs> soccer. And he just destroyed him. Uh, you know, it's in uh, wrestling, you've got you go to Japan. In football slash soccer, you go to America. And then, then in football, you just go to heaven. And football, unfortunately, you get that, that horrible personality disorder. Yeah, you get some, so many blows from the head. CTE. Yeah, you get CTE. You go to CTE heaven. And uh, you, you end up. Sadly, like, driving your car off the road. There's, like, no... There's no place for football players after football, is there? They can go play rugby if they really want to. Can't... Okay. Can't they go play, like, professional football in, like, Switzerland or somewhere? Somewhere where they can just have a really easy time? No, I don't think so. Damn. No, I, there's no... It doesn't get easier for football players... If, if anything, they can retire to their hopefully millions upon millions of dollars. Yeah, they can retire to their 1,500 Papa John's franchises. Fuck you, Peyton Manning. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like the Royal Rumble now is at an end. I really thought we'd have more uh, insightful going into the Rumble, not yeah. while watching it. Going into the Rumble, I thought there'd be a lot more like interesting societal takeaways from it. But I think that this was... And I say this not lately, kind of the least politically interesting wrestling event I've seen in quite some time, or even philosophically. I, I think all of our insights were more about the state of where wrestling is going as an industry, at least the WWE, which is, I guess, the most prolific version of wrestling, uh, rather than society. But I think it is nice to see, I say nice. It's a weird sentence. It's a weird sentiment. I think it's interesting to see a woman being treated basically like a man as an equal. Yeah. In the ring. And no pulled punches, no gimmicks about it. Straight up wrestling. And Because it's a two-way street. Like, she has to be as physically capable as, to, to be hit 
as like you know to be eliminated you have to be as physically f- capable as the guy eliminating you yeah so th- i mean there's that but also just like you know well there there was no moment where like i'm not going to hit a girl yeah that that was never like politicized they never made that statement and i mean at the end of the day there's no reason why women and men shouldn't be wrestling together because they're all doing moves that aren't designed to hurt you. Exactly. They're all not. They're all actively trying not to hurt each other. Yeah. Uh, unless you're Shane McMahon, and then your your one thing is you want to hurt yourself. And that's fine because that's yourself. That's you know. Shane McMahon stands trembling across atop the turnbuckle. He says loudly enough for the for the the zipline mics to pick up. He says, "I would never hurt a woman." And then he he shooting star splashes himself into a pylon. Yeah, away from there wasn't even a woman in the ring. No one knows why he said it. <laughs> yeah, I will never hit a woman. Punches himself in the he face punches, a couple of times. I am a man. And, and then this proves it because I would never hit a woman. And, and then he jumps in such a way that his body turns 180 degrees and he lands directly on his head. Because that's just what Shane McMahon does. Yeah. Shane McMahon is a, is a factory for his own misery. Well, you know what they say. Uh, wrestling is like farming and that nobody sees you do it. What? What? Everyone sees you do it. When you farm? No, when you wrestle. What? But wrestling's like farming. Everyone's watching. Everybody's watching. You know. See what you will do. Wrestling is a lot like farming. It's all about the beats. All about them beats. As in beating up on them weaklings that you're beating up on because it's wrestling. Not a lot of strikes these days. Uh, You should watch NXT. A lot of strikes? There's a lot of strikes and there's a lot of for real wrestling. That one Chun-Li looking... Who? Chun-Li from Street Fighter. Vega? No, I I don't know her name. I think it was Jaya. She was one of the Asian uh, wrestlers. Oh, yes. She had a lot of good kicks. That's why I called her Chun-Li. Not the fact that she was dressed in traditional Chinese No, 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 no. Specifically about her kicks. Uh Uh-huh. Because they looked good. She sold them and they looked real. Good kicks. She she had the most realistic strikes of anyone. Everyone else was kind of like... Why are you doing strikes? You got those little noodle arms. Little weak noodle arms doing strikes. There should be more uh, Kyrie Sane. Yeah. Because there more people need to be dream pirates. More dream pirates. Also more, more gimmicks. More themes. You can't just be a name. You can't be Dean Ambrose. Sorry, yeah. Dean Ambrose. Well, Dean retired. Ambrose had kind of a thing. He was the lunatic fringe for a while, I think. Yeah. Dean Ambrose had kind of a thing. But you know who you can't be? Who? You can't be Seamus. What's Seamus's deal? He's got he's a pale. Yeah, he's got a thing. He comes out in a kilt. Yeah, I guess he's... You can't be an AJ Styles. Yeah. AJ Styles, what's your thing? You got gloves? My thing is you get... Okay, so you you see 30 wrestlers in the ring over the course of a night, but from certain moments, you can't tell them apart because their gimmicks are so weak. Their themes are so not there. You know who you... Their ability to pop is non-existent. You know who you can really notice? Someone who's dressed like a goddamn dream pirate. Yeah. 
comes out with a telescope. <laughs> yeah, that is. And tries to high five the other wrestlers while she comes out. That's amazing. I would also recommend to anyone in the audience listening, uh, if you have not turned the episode off already, they if have. you're the kind of person who likes to enjoy media in any altered state of being, uh, watching wrestling while doing so is a lot like watching anime. It's very similar. Very similar, like parts of your brain get activated. So I just found it. Nia Jax made history last night at the Royal Rumble, on top of being the fourth woman in WWE history to enter the men's Royal Rumble match. She also became the first person in WWE history to compete in two separate Rumble matches on the same night. It was only the second time WWE has had two Rumbles in one night. Uh, But from here until the end of time, she was the first one to enter two on the same night. So congrats to her. I suppose. Well, that's the history. Yeah. So apparently, fourth woman. That's all I have to say about that. Okay, okay. I didn't know if like you had like a some kind of time weighted stinger. No. Okay. Uh, and I guess that concludes. Now, now, some of you at home are thinking, "Man, is that a waste of an episode?" <laughs> or... Is that a? Let me tell you, if you think it's a waste of your time, we certainly spent five hours watching it. So uh, I'd say the grand total of the Royal Rumble, I get maybe two hours of entertainment out of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think I, I enjoyed the pita chips and the hummus. Yeah. Uh, the the most stuff Oreos, which cost 110 calories per Oreo. That's only two Oreos worth, I think. And, and honestly, Diet Ginger Ale is secretly my jam. It really sounds like we have a very bad spread for our guests. And that is true. Well, see, you said guests. Guests. I was one guest. I understand. I wouldn't go all out for one person. I barely, I barely offer you water every week. I'm really glad that only you showed up. So I wasn't responsible for the disappointment of others. I'm okay with the disappointment of you. I provide you disappointment every week. Yeah. Well, every other week when I edit the podcast. That too. Ah, uh, boy. But hey, we got something to look forward to next week, John. Royal Rumble 2? What? <laughs> no. So next week, I don't know if you know this. Oh, shit. This weekend. Happening this weekend, another big can sports I guess? event. What? Can I guess? Yeah. Is it halftime heat on NXT? No. Wait, can I guess? Yeah. Is it the lead up to NXT War Games? No. Wait, can I guess? Yeah. Is it the Puppy Bowl? No. I talk, of course, about the only metric worth measuring our entire society by. The commercials that play during the Super what? The Superb Owl. During the what? The big game. There we go. The big game. And we can't say... That's right. We can't say... We can't say that word. Yeah. If we say the name of the sporting event that we're all looking forward to and know what it is, then uh, we will be summarily hanged. So I don't know about you, but I'm going to be making an effort to watch those big game commercials uh, because... Honestly, they they measure they're a good indicator of where we at as a society. Yeah, they're they're going to be the things that people deigned to spend sixty million dollars on to play during the large event. And so I'm going to be watching the event live, even though I hate both teams, to to see them commercials, to see them trailers for movies, and also to see the SpongeBob SquarePants themed halftime show. Brought to you by Maroon 5. Oh, I hate everything about this event. I'm really looking forward to um, to seeing the various 
like six or seven themed and connected truck ads that are going to happen during the big wet ball game. My predictions for the big wet ball game commercials is that we're going to see a lot of quote woke companies with like messages because if the Gillette ad recently is any sort of indicator of where companies think the nation is at, it's going to be like, look how much we care about these social act- activist things that we think you care about. And so we threw $60 million at making you all think that we care about Black Lives Matters when really all we care about is making money. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a manifestation of the true hellscape that we live in right now. Once again, showing that uh, capitalist entities and regular people do not exist on the same spectrum. Uh, Gillette only made that ad to make money. Yeah, that's all it was. It was it was a calculated bet to make money. Gillette has no genuine interest in men being better or society changing. And I think you're right. I think we're going to see a, a lot of advertisements where people will make uh, milk toast kind of like centrist statements about how people could just in general do better or what's wrong with society. Not to say that these things aren't wrong with society, but they're going to specifically be engineered only to make money. Yep. Uh, it's like Wendy's tweeting fucking Black Lives Matter and then an emoji. Well, Wendy's wouldn't do that. Wendy's no. would be sassy about other competitors' burgers being yeah. dumb. And then Carl's Jr. would be like, feed me piss. And then Arby's has like a little cardboard cutout uh, art design thing of an anime. <laughs> yeah, that weed be... anime that you yeah. like. It's, uh, they're going to make a, a artful paper craft of, of Ginga Densetsu weed with a little uh, bubble that says Black Lives Matter. Yep. Fuck advertising. Uh, and speaking of fucking advertising, <laughs> we have to do our fucking social media plugs. And the number one thing that I promise not to be during these social media plugs is woke. I am very much against being woke to elicit any kind of reaction from people i think virtue signaling is 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 a huge bummer so first of all uh if you want to send us the various microaggressions that you have put up with during the past week you can do so by sending an email to zero credits as a podcast at gmail.com if you want to engage with us on twitter the platform of nazis uh, you can do so at zcpcwhj on twitter.com which stands for henry make it woke you want it to be woke make it woke. okay so that stands for brian singer belongs in an oubliette <laughs> right next to chris brown please make that happen is that woke enough that's what it stands for put him in the hole we are on facebook you can find us by searching for zero credits podcast in the facebook search bar keep in mind that every ad you see on facebook is meant to manipulate you into voting someone voting for someone you don't believe in we're also on spotify i don't know how you can find us on spotify but kamala harris is a cop uh you can also find us on twitch twitch.tv slash zero credits uh gamers are ruining the discourse and people who play video games only care about politics when it comes to women or minorities being in positions of power. And semi-most importantly, we are on iTunes, uh, the platform of deranged billionaires who would sell your soul for a nickel and who should be taxed at 99% at least. 
Uh, not even a marginal tax break, tax rate. Just every dollar there. Every dollar. Every single dollar. Leave them with a cent. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe. Do whatever you do on iTunes. Leaving reviews really helps us with the podcast. And most importantly, word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell your friend, tell your wife, tell all of your coworkers to stop what they're doing right now while you're listening to this podcast and go on an impromptu wildcat strike for better wages. If you don't have life insurance, bargain for life insurance. If you live in a state where unions are illegal, move. And as always, from everyone here at the brand new Zero Credits Two bedrooms, two bathrooms, apartment studio. We want to wish you a perhaps echoey happy week. You've got an island. Yeah, we do have an island. That's going to be our table eventually. We're going to buy some stools to go around it so we oh, can like, eat like bar stools? Table. Like, are you going to like, bar, look like bar stools? Fuck off! Why? <laughs> because... Okay, look, our tape, our island and our apartment does not have enough room under it for bar stools. Well, that's your problem. So you know what barely, you should do? We could barely even use it for a table. Oh, well, too bad. That's, it's designed to be a table. Your light socket is slightly crooked. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm.